Thank you for listening today. We hope that this message from God's Word will help you to grow in your knowledge of God and your relationship with Him. At Lucy Baptist Church, we are fully committed to loving God, loving people, and making disciples. Now here's today's message. The sermon text this morning is Acts 20, uh, verses 28 through 38, as, as we continue the message on shepherding, Acts chapter 20. And as you turn there, I'd, I'd just like to say happy Mother's Day again. Uh, the first shepherd I ever had was my mother. She introduced me to the Word uh, of God at an early age and took me to church faithfully, and I still uh, bear the fruit of that. So happy, happy Mother's Day to you this morning. Acts chapter 20, um, the sermon text begins in verse 28. For context, I want to read 17 and 18 and then skip, skip down uh, to 28 so we know the context. Acts chapter 20 and 17, it says, Now from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, and skipping to verse 28, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert. Remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken that they would not see his face again, and they accompanied him to the ship. Well, amen, and I add my voice to the expressions of gratitude and to our, to our moms and say happy Mother's Day as well. I'm so grateful as a pastor for the faithful ministry of moms, of godly women who serve the Lord in our local church. Um, We would be in trouble without them, and we're so grateful for their faithfulness, for your faithfulness, and uh, and what you mean to the the work of the Lord, and specifically here at Lucy Baptist Church. We began a a, a series of messages a few weeks ago, uh, started out with uh, John 21, one of the final uh, meetings of Jesus with the disciples and uh, prior to his ascension back to heaven, where he uh, commissioned Peter, really, and all pastors ultimately, when he commissioned them to shepherd the, the, the sheep of God as an expression of our love to him. Uh, three times the Lord Jesus said that uh, to Peter. 
And then we began last Sunday looking at this passage here in Acts chapter 20. And as Brian mentioned there, this was a meeting that, that Paul had with the elders there uh, in Miletus, about 30 miles from Ephesus, as he had them come. We don't know exactly how many they, there were of them, but they met with him there from the church at Ephesus. And uh, he challenged them because it would be his final time uh, to, uh, to be able to meet with them, knowing that uh, he would not come that way again. And so it was a very important time. But from that, we draw these wonderful uh, truths about the, the local church and about particularly shepherding God's church, the flock of God, as we're going to see it's called here. And we do see it called here uh, in our text. So we're going to look at this second part. Uh, and we're calling it again, the marks of a faithful shepherd. Let's join our hearts together in prayer. Father, we do continue in worship. We thank you so much for this wonderful privilege that we've already had uh, today to express our love to you in worship, in song, to sing to you, making melody in our heart to the Lord, but also singing truth to one another, to encourage one another, to build up one another in the body of Christ. Thank you for your presence here today. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit, and we look to you now for your strength, for your power, for your enabling as we seek to preach this passage from your word, but also, Lord, as we wait upon the work of your Spirit uh, to enable us to understand, to receive, to apply, to have personal, uh, Lord, application and appropriation to our lives. So we pray you'll do your work today through the Holy Spirit who inspired this book for us, and this particular truth for us today, help us to receive it, uh, not, not only as shepherds, but also as sheep, Lord, that, so that we might understand our responsibility, uh, both in, in these, these capacities of she as shepherd and sheep, so that we might be a healthy church, that we might bring honor and glory to you, that we might fulfill the mission that you've given to us uh, in the Great Commission to go into all the world and to make disciples. Lord, speak to hearts today. We know you know the heart need of everyone, and we pray for those in our midst today who may not know Christ, who do not know Christ, that you would awaken their hearts to their need for Jesus, uh, to draw them unto yourself, awaken them out of their sleep, and cause them to see their need to turn from sin, to trust in Christ today. And again, Lord, may we leave here uh, more in love with our, our shepherd, the Lord Jesus, and desire to glorify and honor you. We love you and exalt you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jessica Cole uh, has written a, a blog. She entitled, Mothers Are Like Shepherds. And uh, she shared as a homeschool mom about how she would... Uh, uh, had spent some time with her children uh, teaching them uh, about the names of God. And she came to that name for, for God. I believe it's uh, Yahweh Ra'ah, which the Lord is my shepherd, of course, is the way Psalm 23 begins, as we heard this morning. And she was teaching her children uh, about uh, that, the names of God, and particularly the, the shepherd. So she used her Bible dictionary and she looked up some, some characteristics of shepherds. And, uh, and then she thought about how that applied uh, to moms. Uh, one she saw was that shepherding was accompanied by hardships. Uh, and she thought about how true that is, that it's often very hard uh, to be um, a mom, not only physically, but emotionally and, and spiritually as well. She saw that 
that a, a shepherd led the flock from, from the fold to find water and to graze. That's one thing that he spent a lot of his time doing. She thought about the fact that she spent a great deal of her time. She said, some days it feels like all I do is field requests for food and drink, uh, and then grocery shopping, and then planning menus, and, and going to, uh, you know, preparing meals. And sometimes I feel like that's what I do, she says. Thirdly, the shepherd watched the sheep uh, at all, all day, taking care that none of them strayed. She said, yes, uh, that, that's, that's true. She said, watching all day, check. Keeping the little ones from getting lost or killing themselves, check. Uh, then fourth, she said, the shepherd, she saw that shepherd guarded the flock through the night to protect them from wild animals uh, or, or thieves. She said, well, maybe not so much that we have predators and thieves, but, but oftentimes a mom's labors do, are seldom in at bedtime. Even when there's no longer an infant in the home, moms are often awakened by someone who's had a bad dream or a tummy ache or just wants to come sleep in my bed. Fifth, she saw shepherds uh, were looked down on by the society uh, and, and they were often isolated. She said, that's often the way it is for moms. Some, some feel that it's a waste for a woman to be a stay-at-home mom. And many young moms struggle with loneliness and depression. Um, but then she also mentioned the fact that, uh, that uh, again, uh, one of the things that moms often do is they care for the sick and infirmed. How true that is. Uh, we dads know that it's a whole lot easier for us to be sick than for mom to be sick. Even today, my, my wife is homesick. And what do we do? Uh, so, uh, you know, we, mom, you know, let's face it, when our kids are sick, they don't want dad, right? They want mom. Mom cares for them. And, and so uh, these are just some things he shared about the comparison. And, of course, that shepherding doesn't stop when the children uh, get older and uh, their uh, teen years or even when they leave the nest. Uh, there's still a shepherding role. And, and wonderfully, uh, that often then begins to move into the grandparenting role. And there's nothing like a grandmother. So again, we honor moms today, and we're so grateful. And I agree with, with Jessica Cole. As she said, uh, you are reflecting the nature of God in your role, in your shepherding role as a mom. Uh, because God uh, refers to himself as a shepherd. Uh, and how important that is that you are you're giving that role, that you're fulfilling that role. And then also you are valued by God despite of your apparently humble position. So uh, hang in there, moms. We love you and appreciate you. And you are uh, so much of a shepherd in the home. That doesn't negate our responsibility as dads to be the family shepherd. We have a, an important role <clears throat> and responsibility as well. But again, I want us to look at this text as we think about, again, uh, the marks of a faithful shepherd. These elders who met there were shepherds, as they were referred to both uh, by that term uh, in their being a pastor, as well as a bishop or overseer. Those th three terms that all relate to the ministry of a, uh, of a, of a pastor and, and, uh, and of a shepherd in the local church. So again, in this, uh, as we continue Paul's message to these elders, uh, these pastors, if you will, I want us to see five marks of a faithful shepherd from this passage. The first one I want us to see is that a faithful shepherd guards his flock. 
guards God's flock, I should say. A faithful shepherd guards God's flock. Notice again the beginning of verse uh, 28. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. So again, this word here is uh, pay careful attention to. It, it can also be translated as guarding, to, to guard. So guard, uh, first of all, he must guard himself. The shepherd has to guard himself. Guard yourselves, he says. And before we can guard others, we must uh, pay attention to our own heart. I'm reminded as, as we often, uh, as you travel, uh, I know the Sawyers heard this a couple of times as they just got back from Mexico and as they, uh, when you get on there and, and you listen to that speech, you're told about if, you, if there's a problem and you, uh, and you need oxygen, you're supposed to do what? You're supposed to put the oxygen mask first on yourself. That may seem selfish, right? But if you don't care for yourself, you can't care for others. And that is true uh, in regard to being able to, to, to carefully guard and shepherd others uh, within the flock of God. We first have to look to our own heart. Again, Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. We have to keep our heart. We have to pay attention to our heart. How do we do that? Well, let me just mention a, a few things that would be included in that. Paul, by the way, challenged Timothy, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. That's 1 Timothy 4.16. So as pastors, uh, we must pay close attention to our hearts. And that would include things like our time alone with God, our time with God in the Word and in prayer. <clears throat> and by the way, uh, this would include, this is true for everyone, not just pastors, but we, as we pay attention to our heart, that's an important beginning. Uh, also, the purity of our thought life. Is our thought life pure? We, uh, we again, are tempted all throughout the day with evil thoughts, but we must quickly guard our hearts and minds. We must avoid that which would put evil thoughts into our heart and our mind. So the purity of our thought life. Thirdly, our relationship with our wife and children. Is it, is it God-honoring? Do we love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her? Are we being the family shepherd that God intends us to be as dads? Again, that doesn't end uh, with our children. We continue with that throughout life. And, and throughout our grandparenting as well. Again, uh, the, the fourth, the holiness of our daily walk. Am I, am I walking in holiness? Is that true uh, in my life? Um, again, the uh, faithfulness and fruit in evangelism and discipleship. Am I being faithful to proclaim the gospel throughout the week as well as when I preach? Am I being faithful in that? Am I being faithful to be a personal disciple? Jesus spent a great deal of his time as the perfect shepherd discipling others. And again, these are principles that ought to be true for, for all of us. And then again, our financial stewardship and, and generosity. We looked at that part of this passage last Sunday. We jumped up to verses 33 and 35, and we saw that Paul, as a shepherd, was faithful as a steward. He was a faithful steward of what God 
had put in his care, and he was generous. And so we, are, we examine our hearts, and we pay close attention to these areas of our lives. And then finally, our sound doctrine and teaching. That's, one of the, that's what Paul instructed Timothy. By the way, he was the pastor of this same church, uh, the church of Ephesus, at least later. And so he again challenged uh, him about this. And so, so guarding our doctrine and our teaching to make it certain that we are sound. And then second, he must guard the flock. He said, pay close attention to yourself and to all the flock. A faithful shepherd must seek to, uh, to not to neglect anyone within the flock. What a great challenge we have, just as a shepherd. And that's why God has given us this beautiful analogy and picture of the church being uh, a flock. That in every single sheep is an important part of that flock that must be cared for. And there are a lot of different needs. He's going to genuinely, a true faithful shepherd pastor, is going to genuinely care about every person in his church or the church of which he's privileged to serve. And we care for not only, we care for the physical health and, uh, of people because, again, our physical health is important and something we're stewards of. And, uh, and we know that when people are hurting physically, oftentimes they're, they're hurting spiritually as well. It's a difficult time in our lives when we go through those kinds of issues in our life. We care for, but we also care for people in their walk with God. And where are they spiritually? And what is God saying to us through these difficult times uh, in our lives? Uh, but also we care if, if a person is married, a member is married, we care about that uh, person and, and, the mar- and their marriage relationship. Or if they're not married, their singleness and where they are in that process. We care for them and we seek to shepherd them in that. And, and uh, we care for uh, people in whatever age they are. Jesus spent a great deal of time with children. And the Bible teaches us about our shepherding of all ages. In fact, Paul wrote Titus in, uh, in, in Titus chapter 2, uh, and he was telling him there about how he was to pastor or shepherd the various people in the church, the older uh, men, uh, the older women, the younger women, the younger men, and he was challenging them about their, where they were and what, how he should teach them. And since it's Mother's Day, I'll just read what he said uh, concerning the women. And, and, and Titus 2, 3 says, Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, um, and not slanderers or slaves to, to, to too much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. He had a word for older men. He had a word for younger men. And so again, a shepherd, a faithful shepherd cares for everyone within the flock and whatever state they're in. Some are strong spiritually. Some are new believers. Some have been believers for many years. Uh, some, again, are, are struggling in their Christian life. Some are doubting whether they are even saved. Whatever the situation may be, uh, pastors, shepherds are to shepherd them and to guard them. And, and uh, again, that, that's why as we're, we're in this time uh, in the life of our church, as we're preparing to uh, present to you Blake Gower uh, as an associate pastor, some may say, well, why do we need another associate pastor? Uh, again, because when we carefully flock, uh, shepherd all the flock, 
That's an important role. That's an important responsibility. And, and we want to be able to do that well. We want all the flock to be guarded and cared for well. But notice what Paul also says to these, these pastors, these elders, these shepherds. He, said, he says that you are, these are the elders that the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. And so again, what is this process? What had gone on? Well, as we read the book of Acts and other uh, epistles uh, in our Bible and our New Testament, we find that, that again, they had obviously examined them carefully. Uh, they, they had concluded that they were biblically qualified as we're going to be examining the qualifications for pastors, elders. Uh, and, uh, and then they had concluded that they were biblically qualified. And after prayer and fasting and sensing the Holy Spirit's leading, they had appointed these men. And that's what we're asking you to do, to prayerfully seek the Lord's direction. And again, uh, consider these matters uh, as we consider and examine uh, Blake for this role uh, as a, in the calling of a pa- as a pastor among us. So let me again remind you, as you see the picture there of the, of the shepherd, uh, this is a picture that was given to me a number of years ago. Just reminds me of the responsibilities of a shepherd. And of course, leading the flock is one of those uh, responsibilities. You know, flocks of sheep uh, were, were not kept in a, in a fenced area like we typically think of today. Psalm 23 really helps us to understand the way that things operated. They, they would move their sheep from, from pasture to pasture. Uh, and really, the, Psalm 23 is a picture of the life of a sheep in, in a, beginning really in a year, as, as you would go from place to place, as they would. Uh, but then also it takes in, ultimately, a whole lifetime uh, of a sheep. Uh, and so they were, they were taken from place to place, from stream to stream, or still water, uh, and again, uh, in, in search of, of, of pasture. And so it was a 24-7 role uh, to protect the sheep, to guard the sheep, uh, and, uh, and again, to uh, go after the strays. Uh, the shepherd knew his flock. He had a name for them. Still, I understand that's not uncommon today. But he would look over them to make sure each of them was accounted for. If one of them was missing, as you see in uh, Matthew 18, he would go after that one to, to bring him back. And uh, sometimes some were, uh, had a tendency to stray more than others did, and he'd have to discipline them at times in order to, uh, to deal with that. But, but again, that just shows us again the responsibility of a, a, a shepherd to lead the flock but, and to, to guard them. But then I want you to see, secondly, a faithful shepherd tends God's flock. Notice uh, again, he, he uses that word when he says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God. The word here, care here also is also translated shepherd. In fact, that is how it's translated in 1 Peter 5, 2, where he says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. And this is the same word, by the way, that Jesus used in John 21, 16, when he was, uh, again, commissioning Peter and restoring Peter, uh, this, matter, this matter of tending the sheep. It's the Greek word pomino. And, uh, and, and it's uh, the first responsibility of a shepherd is to feed the sheep. 
Now, when you think about feeding, we already talked about what that involved. It's involved taking, is in, is taking them from pasture uh, to pasture. And of course, uh, leading them to these green pastures. But it also involved the leading part of, of a shepherd. Um, and that word overseer gives the idea of that. Uh, and uh, it comes from two words, which means over and scope. And it literally means one who looks over closely uh, or intently. And one of the things we've said is that pastor, uh, pastors, uh, shepherds, in this case, are sheep as well. And that's why, again, we believe that the Bible teaches a plurality of pastors because we need to be shepherded uh, as well. And so you certainly uh, see that as, as you look at this passage in Acts, Acts 20. But notice that pastors are to tend God's flock. And I made, that, I made that statement to begin with when I said his flock, but in reality, it's God's flock. Uh, notice he says, it's the church of God obtained with his own blood, purchased, if you will, with his own blood. And this, this affirms that Jesus is God, as he's, called, he's referring to uh, the church obtained with his own blood. Jesus, the Bible says, love the church, in Ephesians uh, chapter 5, he loved the church and gave himself for her. The Lord Jesus has purchased us. Think about that for a moment. Uh, Jesus created everything, right? That, and the Bible teaches us he's the owner of everything. The only thing God ever had to purchase was the church. You're the only thing God had to ever purchase. He owns everything else. But he's purchased us as his church with his own precious blood. Uh, he laid down his life for us. He purchased us uh, because, again, we were, uh, we, were sin, we were in sin, separated from God, uh, rebelling against God, on our way to eternal hell. And again, as the, all of the Old Testament pictures uh, the seriousness of sin, uh, but also the great love of God, the holiness of God, that, he, that it required a sacrifice. And the Lord Jesus laid down his life for his church. And, and, and the Bible says he bore in his body our sins on that cross, that he became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And on that cross, he, he bore that sin. He was buried, and the third day, he arose. He's alive. And again, he's purchased us with his own blood. That's how much Jesus loves the church. That's how precious the church is to the Lord Jesus. Is the church that precious to you? It must be that precious to every believer. It must be that precious to pastors. And that's why, again, we, we must regard the church as God regards the church. It, it, it's his church and he's paid for it. The, the, the shepherd, by the way, is, was an overseer, as we see. He was a manager. Uh, that meant he didn't really own the flock, right? He worked for someone else. We worked for God, and he owns the church. The Lord Jesus owns the church. We're under shepherds, and we are going to give an account one day. Hebrews 13, 17 says, we're going to give an account. I'm going to give an account for you. That's why my responsibility is so important uh, and, and why I must take it very seriously, and I must, I, I must uh, regard you as precious, and I do, and I thank the Lord for the privilege of serving as an under-shepherd, under the great and good and chief shepherd, the Lord Jesus. But thirdly, see that a faithful shepherd warns God's flock. Beginning there in verse uh, 29, 
we, uh, we see um, Paul describing how uh, th- this ministry of warning took place. He said, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves, also translated savage wolves, will come in among you, not sparing the flock. So Paul says here, I, I know. Now, how did he know that? Well, of course, he knew that. Uh, he'd seen it before. False teachers, false teaching had always been a problem. But the Lord Jesus had warned about this. In Matthew seven fifteen. he said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. So false prophets, false teaching uh, is a tool of Satan. And, and again, he called them fierce. Jesus called them ravenous wolves. Wow, that's pretty serious, isn't it? And, and he's showing us how serious this matter of false teaching is, how, how threatening th- false teaching and false teachers are. So he wants them to see the seriousness of this threat. And uh, it, why would it be after Paul's departure? Well, obviously they thought, man, Paul's out of the way and we can move in, we'll take over. There was a vacuum there to some extent. Paul knew there would be. And in reality, as you read, uh, particularly the, the pastoral epistles of First and Second Timothy, that's exactly what happened. Uh, false teachers moved in and, and uh, they had influence and they brought, did much harm. But one of the greatest dangers we see of false teachers, notice verse 30, he says, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. So the real danger of these false teachers, particularly in this case, and often the case, is that they were from among your own selves. As Jesus described them, they were wolves in sheep's clothing. You know, they, they looked like shepherds. They looked like sheep. They, they looked like they were just part of us. They, uh, like, as we said, they, they wore sheep's clothing. They, they looked like sheep. They smelled like sheep. They, they used sheep language. Uh, they quoted scripture. They sounded so good. And, and that's why they were so deceptive. And again, folks, in the area of, of, of biblical teaching and false teaching, those who use the Bible, but misinterpret scripture, that is one of the great dangers and still remains a great danger in our day when people take, and as he says here, twist the scripture. They, they twist it and distort it to say what they want it to say in order to draw away the disciples after them. And that's exactly, it goes all the way back to the garden. It is what Satan did in the garden when he came uh, to, to Eve and said, did God actually say that and, and, and begin to twist and to distort. And we see that happening in, in our day as well. Uh, he said to Eve, oh, you know, you won't really die. No, that's just a, you know, that's an interpretation of that. You won't really die. And so today Satan does the same thing in so many ways. We could think about things that are current and things that are around us today. God, God didn't really say that homosexuality is a sin. You know, God didn't really say 
that you should avoid uh, divorce. God didn't really say that you know you should uh, you, you should be submissive to your husband or or that you should lay down your life and love your wife this way as Christ loved the church. God didn't really say that. And, and so, again, there's a twisting and a distorting to draw away. And that's exactly what we see happening in our world today. And that's why he says, be alert. And again, be alert. Be constantly on guard. And, and, and again, that requires continual time in the Word and in prayer to maintain a spirit of discernment and understanding and to not allow the enemy to deceive you and to distort the, the Word of God. And that's why Paul said he admonished them, which means to place in the mind and so to warn. And he warned them, he says here, continuously and urgently. How urgently? With tears. Man, that shows you, again, how serious is this matter of, uh, of, of false doctrine and false teaching. And why we as shepherds have such a great responsibility. And again, why husbands and fathers have such a great responsibility. Why moms have such a great responsibility in the home. Why teachers within the church have such a great responsibility. Again, because the, the danger uh, of, of false teaching and false uh, teachers... The sheep were vulnerable from attacks and from wild beasts like wolves and bears. And again, another of my uh, pictures there of the shepherd and how he, how he would have to fight off these wild beasts and, and wolves and bears. And, and, and the shepherd risked his life. You remember the story of David, how David risked his life. Uh, and, and that was one of the things that helped prepare him. Uh, to be uh, king was, again, his, his protection of the, of the sheep. And the great responsibility that he had. And again, shepherds, pastors today, we must be willing to lay down our lives on behalf of the sheep because that's what God has, has called us to do as shepherds, to guard the flock of God, to protect them from false teachers and false teaching because, again, it's destructive. And again, I believe many today are being destroyed by, by false teaching. It's destroying lives. It's destroying homes. And while we must take carefully our responsibility to warn God's flock. But number four, a faithful shepherd equips God's flock. Notice again verse 32, as he describes again part of our equipping. He says, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And the word here, commend, uh, is the same word used in 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, which uh, translated there is entrust. It meant to entrust or deposit something into the safekeeping and protection of someone else. So here Paul is entrusting, he's committing these, these elders, these shepherds, if you will, to God, first of all, and then to the word of his grace. Why? So that they might be able to therefore feed the flock of God. He was pointing them to God and to the word of God and, and saying, do the same thing with your people uh, that you have the privilege of being shepherd for. Uh, first of all, entrust them to God. Again, pastors have to entrust ourselves to God uh, and their flock to God. And again, we, we, we are entrusting ourselves to his power and his presence. 
uh, through prayer because we appropriate his power and his presence through prayer. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. Uh, But again, this helps us to uh, be protected from false doctrine and the snares of the enemy. But secondly, entrust them to God's word, the word of his grace. And we know that begins with the gospel. Uh, Paul, he said earlier, I didn't withhold anything from you that was profitable. So again, he said, I preach to you, verse 27, the whole counsel of God. And that is our responsibility as shepherds to preach the whole counsel uh, of God. He said it is able to build you up. Uh, And again, Paul told the church that um, in Ephesians 4.12 that the shepherds and teachers are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, the building up of the body of Christ. And it is through the Word of God, through hearing the Word of God, receiving the Word of God, applying the Word of God, appropriating it, obeying it. That is how we are equipped for life, through the Word of God. Uh, And that's why, again, it's so vitally important. And notice he goes on to, with a, a great word of promise there when he says that this word is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Paul would say to the Ephesians in 1.3 that God has blessed us uh, in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So God has given us everything in Christ. He's given us an inheritance, and we appropriate that. We lay hold of that inheritance through the Word of God, through, again, uh, through the sufficient uh, 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 application and obedience to God's Word. Pastor Mark Dever said, you don't need, as a church, a catchy new metaphor. You don't need the latest evangelism program. You don't need to change the name of your church. You don't need a pastor with a grand scheme for growth, effectiveness, and success as the world defines him. What is needed most today is a commitment to being deliberate about setting forth the truth plainly because the truth as we gaze on it in Christ is what transforms us, builds us up, and sets us free. We're equipped through God's word. And that is why, and that is our great responsibility to feed the people of God on the precious word of God and lead people to learn how to feed themselves in the word of God as well. But number fifth, uh, number five, a faithful shepherd prays for God's flock. We see this by example in this passage uh, again there in verse 36. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. So again, they went, they went on to, uh, the meeting was over, but Paul prayed with him. He knelt down and prayed with them. And I mention this as part of his responsibility because it was the last time Paul would pray with the Ephesian elders and the church in a sense through them. Uh, but it wasn't the last time he would pray for them. In Ephesians 1.16, listen to what he said to the same church. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And one of the wonderful things, and I won't take time to do that now, is to read in the epistles, and Ephesians being one of them, the prayers uh, that Paul had for God's people. One of the great ways to know how pastors should pray for their people and how we should pray for one another is to, is to read the Word of God and see what God's Word says about that and, and, and to pray God's Word over one another. Uh, Jesus uh, spent a great deal of time praying for and praying with 
his disciples. In Luke 15, 16, the Bible says he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. I've been convicted this past week about the need uh, for getting alone more and praying for our flock. I, I pray through our church directory. I hope that's what you do. I encourage you to do that. But we need to pray more often and pray more, more uh, in, in, in seasons of prayer. And, and so prayer, how vitally important prayer is in the church. And the early church uh, practiced this as well. And, uh, and, and this is what we should do. And again, one of our primary ministries as shepherds must be to pray for and with the church. You know the story in Acts 6 that uh, not long after the church had begun, uh, everything seemed to be going great. Many people were coming to faith in Jesus. The church was ministering. And uh, one of the ways they ministered, because they didn't have uh, Social Security, they didn't have ways of providing, there were a lot of widows. Uh, and, uh, and so they uh, would provide food for the widows. Uh, and, and so, uh, but some of the uh, folks began to notice that the Greek-speaking widows were being neglected. Somehow they were getting left out. And so they began to complain about that. And uh, so instead of the apostles, who in a sense were the pastors, instead of them saying, well, we just need to spend more time, they said, no, we're going to appoint seven, many believe them to be deacons, there in Acts chapter 6, who will, who will oversee this business, uh, this practical need. And they said, uh, con concerning their ministry, uh, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So again, you see how important prayer was to the life of these to the, of the local church, of the uh, the growing church. Uh, they didn't throw, put prayer on the back burner. They didn't treat prayer like something you just start in the meeting with. They spent time in prayer. And one of the things we're seeking to do more intentionally as a church is to move more toward being the kind of praying church that we believe the Bible teaches that we are to be. And that's one of the vitally important roles of a shepherd. But number six and finally, a faithful shepherd loves God's flock. And I believe, again, we see this exemplified in this passage because we see that uh, verse 37, there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him being sorrowful most of all because of the word that he had spoken that they would not see his face again and they accompanied him to the ship. Uh, so this shepherd, Paul, loved this flock. Jesus loves uh, the flock, doesn't he? He loved the church and gave himself for her. Uh, and he puts his love in our hearts for the flock, for the church. And that's true of all of God's people. But shepherds, uh, are given the responsibility and privilege of, of loving the flock and the flock loving the shepherd. Uh, and, uh, and Paul uh, described his ministry, by the way, to the church in Thessalonica. Listen to it. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 2, 7 and 8. He said, But we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. Paul compared his love for the church, for this church, and I believe it would be true of all churches that he had the privilege of leading and planting and pastoring. He compared it to a, a, the love of a nursing, a mother nursing her, her, her child. A nursing mother is gentle and caring and tender 
And he said, we love you so much that we were ready not only to give you the gospel, but our very lives. That's the kind of love that God wants us to have for his church. And by the way, he, he goes on in the next verses to describe that in balancing that out in the sense that he also encouraged them like a father. So pray, pray for your shepherds that we will love the church like Jesus loved the church, that we will shepherd the church the way Jesus uh, shepherds the church and desires that we do so, and that, you will, uh, that we together will cooperate uh, under the authority of the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, the Lord Jesus, so that we can honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. I uh, ran across a uh, prayer concerning this. Uh, I, think that, I think the fellow's name was Witness Lee, and he prayed this prayer, and I want it to be the prayer of, of our heart today as your shepherds, your pastors. Lord Jesus, we want to learn to shepherd the saints as a nursing mother and an exhorting father, having an intimate concern for the young ones, the new ones, and for all the saints. We want to learn from the Apostle Paul to care for the saints, shepherd the saints, and have an intimate concern for their situation. Duplicate your heart of love in us, Lord, and give us your intimate concern and care for the saints. We just want to cooperate with you, the great shepherd, in our spirit to shepherd the saints according to God. This is Pastor David Lawrence. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that God used his word in your life today. If you do not have a relationship with God, the Bible says you can as you turn from your sin, place your faith in Christ Jesus, his death for you on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, and surrender your life to Jesus as Lord. We'd like to invite you to join us for worship. You can find information about the times and locations for all of our gatherings on our website at lucybaptist.com. If you have any questions or if we can minister to you in any way, please call us at 901-872-0623 or email us at info at lucybaptist.com.